Hey, friends, this is Annie F. Downs. Our dear friend, Matthew, invited me to pop over to his podcast today to let you know about something fun that we have going on over on my podcast. It is the Advent series on That Sounds Fun podcast. Advent is one of my favorite seasons, and I'm really excited this year to be spending time on the podcast every weekday talking about some of the gifts I think God wants to give us during Advent, the gifts of hope, peace, joy, and love, and how we can carry them into next year. So each of these podcast episodes is, you know, 12 to 15 minutes. It's just a little devotional that you can listen to for free. But if you want to dig a little deeper, we have tons of additional resources available as well. Things like a downloadable Advent series guidebook that features 28 days of questions and prompts and prayers, four weeks of really beautiful video versions of the Advent series podcast episodes, a private Facebook group for more conversation and encouragement, and weekly devotionals and coloring sheets for your kids too. It's not too late to join in, simply head to AnnieFDowns.com slash Advent to get signed up today. Again, that's AnnieFDowns.com slash Advent. Hello. 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 Hello, my name is Matthew West, and I'm the host of this podcast. It's called the Matthew West Podcast. I really hope you like it. Hello. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Matthew West Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew West, and as always, I really hope you like it. Thank you for joining me today. Happy post-Thanksgiving to you. Uh, The West family had a great Thanksgiving. I hope you did as well. I hope you uh, ate lots of food. I hope you got to see friends and family, not taking for granted the chance to be together with people, right? I love the fact that 2020 keeps getting further and further in our rearview mirror. It was beautiful to be together with friends and family on Thanksgiving. Of course, uh, had some good turkey. I order my turkey every year. Some call me a chicken for ordering my turkey. See what I did there? But I figure why chance it? Why risk it? Because I might screw up the preparation of the turkey. Uh, Stephen Curtis Chapman's tour manager once told me about this place called Greenberg Turkeys in Tyler, Texas. And they will ship you a smoked turkey. And... uh, I never looked back ever since I started ordering. Of course, I'm mentioning Greenberg turkeys in Tyler, Texas, in the hopes that they hear that I've endorsed them and that they in turn will endorse me and perhaps send me a free turkey. Okay, guys, let's do business. Let's talk. Let's partner together. I do have a song called Gobble Gobble, so let's do that. Actually, their website is gobblegobble.com if you want to order a turkey. Tell them Matthew West sent you, would you? So turkey was great. I got to say the star... Of the side dishes, if I had to pick, sweet potatoes. Now, the sweet potatoes that we have, my sister-in-law, I think, made them for the first time for us. And it was the first time that we replaced sweet potatoes that normally have the marshmallows on top. I do miss that, but we've instead, they put this like brown sugar, like strudel thing. I think it's, I think that's what you would call it over the top. It's crunchy and it's sweet. It's delicious. This is probably my favorite side dish. Contrary to my song, I did not eat a dozen dinner rolls. I saved my carbs for pecan pie afterwards and pumpkin pie after that. So now I'm hungry just talking about it. Man. Anyways, thanks for letting Gobble Gobble be part of your holiday season. All of those who are repping your Gobble Gobble shirts. Many people sent me their Gobble Gobble listening uh, on social media. You know, whether it's a kid in the car seat in the back singing every word or this kid, I think her name was Rebecca. She she did a whole choreographed dance to it. It was amazing. Uh, I sent her a gift in the mail. So really cool stuff. Now we turn towards Christmas, and I'm so excited because just um, literally a couple days away, this weekend, we're kicking off Christmas in Franklin, Tennessee, and I've got over 300 people coming from around the country to celebrate Come Home for Christmas, a special weekend with me and the West family. And I can't wait. It's going to be so much fun. Lots of cool things coming up. Also, after that, I'm going to be heading out for a few Christmas dates, five to be exact, or actually only four, uh, MatthewWest.com. Most of those tickets are sold out, I'm sorry to say, but there are still a couple of tickets available, I think, in Sioux Falls and maybe in Omaha but that might be sold out by now. So 
If so, don't be mad at me. Don't be mad, guys. It's Christmas time. So um, there you go. That's our Thanksgiving recap. You know what I discovered? I found this this thing happening on social media, this trend. People talking about all the health benefits of a cold plunge. Where I come from in Chicago, they called it the polar bear plunge, and you just did it once a year just to be crazy. Of course, I never did it. They would jump in Lake Michigan like a bunch of fools. So I decided I was going to start doing that. So I jump in freezing cold water, try to sit in there for two minutes. It's so painful. I don't know why, but they said it's good for cardiovascular, all the things. So I don't know. I'll, I'll report back if I see any health benefits taking place, but... I will say afterwards, I feel fully alive. <laughs> and that's how you're going to feel today after listening to uh, my conversation with a hero of mine. See what I did there? That's called a segue, my friends. He is going to give us a spiritual cold plunge. This guy is one of the best guys on earth that I've ever been able to come in contact with. They say, don't meet your heroes. That's a lie when it comes to him. Uh, he's a best-selling author, one of the all-time best-selling authors in all of the faith-based world. He's literally sold millions of books, and we're going to talk about his latest book that I believe is a, a great book for right now. He seems to always have that uh, uncanny ability to do what I always try to do with my songs, like write songs for the moment, songs for right now, where people go, oh, I needed to hear that right now. Well, Max does that with his books, and I'm so thankful. I grew up reading his books, and now I get to have him as a two-time guest on the Matthew West Podcast. Let's go to the Story House with Max Licato. Hey, how you doing? I'm really doing well. I am. Thank you. All is good. Healthy. Family's good. Uh, life is good. It's been a real busy. The whitewater started in like mid-August, but it's been very fulfilling and satisfying. But, but you know, you go through those seasons where you're, it seems like every other day you're either speaking or traveling or writing. It's a, one deadline after another. You know that better than anybody. I went whitewater rafting this summer <laughs> with my daughter. And, uh, and so that, that illustration rings. Yeah vividly true for me so and this was all based around i mean with the release of the book that just came out in september it's just it's it's still non-stop for you like just a lot of speaking engagements and well i'm preaching every weekend at the church you know it, you've been here and you i preach uh, about 20 or 25 times a year uh i'm not senior pastor anymore and i don't think i could survive being senior pastor and doing everything else can i ask can we get right down to the heavy hitting questions what led to your demotion at the church was it <laughs> was it scandal was it, um <laughs> do people want to know we just want you, you know, i want to give you a chance to defend yourself the listening ears want to know you know i've been here uh, since 1988 and for most of those years i was senior pastor yeah there was a time, though, when I realized I was uh, my my job description basically was uh, preaching, leading the staff, and writing books, and everything that comes with those three. Right. And I really felt like I was shortchanging the staff, um, and so that's when I, and also I was uh, getting into my early well about sixty three. I'm sixty eight now, so it's about four years ago. I started having a few health issues. All you know, I'm, yeah. I'm doing fine, but enough to be a bit of a wake up call. So I thought of those three, I could uh, turn the leading of the staff over yeah. to someone else, and and still, if they want me to, uh, I, I offered to stay and be a preacher, and then also I can keep writing books. And it, it seemed like a, a right time to make that transition. And you've met Travis Eads. Yeah. Our, our, he's our senior pastor now. And he's a great guy, got a great future ahead of it. He yeah. does, yeah, and the way that you've poured into him. And, and knowing you, that had to be a hard decision because you, you've you poured your heart and soul into uh, Oak Hills Church. Yeah. For those who don't know, Max Licato's church, Oak Hills in San Antonio, Texas, one of my favorite cities to travel to, one of my favorite churches to visit. Um, and, and so many of the books, really all of the books that um, minister and speak to so many people throughout the years— that you have put out into the world have really been born out of your teaching 
as a pastor, right? Isn't that exactly you shared before your process is like, are you, you're teaching a series that then becomes a book or you're writing a book and then no. Okay. I teach a series like, like right now over the next two weeks, I conclude a 12 part series on the life of Elijah and Lord willing, uh, that'll become a book in the future, but I always preach it first. And, uh, I think that really makes the book better. It refines it. It's kind of like, you know, when you take a song and test it in a concert before you record it, just to see kind of what the reaction is. It helps me to pick up on what, uh, what the spirit is using to connect with people and what might just be my own tangent. And so it's a helpful process. Do you consider yourself like a creative? Yeah. Right. I mean, sometimes like, I just wonder if, if you tend to downplay your creativity because you're a pastor as well, but it's like, not that pastors aren't creative. They have to be creative every week. No, I, no, I hear you. Pastors are kind of a unique breed. You, you know, well, you grew up in the home of a pastor. Uh, we're part mayor, part poet, you know, part minstrel, part comforter. After a, a few years, you begin to realize what you do best. And I never did feel like the uh, fundraising, team building, strategy planning part. I was happy to do that, but it didn't come as easily as just crafting sermons or even counseling. I, I enjoy I don't consider myself a trained therapist by any stretch, but I, I enjoy sitting in the office or across the coffee table from somebody and, and trying to, you know, discern how to help deal with their issues. But the part about training the staff and building the buildings, that that's secondary. So we're, we're not going to call you to lead the church bake sale anytime. Probably soon. not. Probably not. You could be the taster. <laughs> yeah. Hey, and we all know pastors, though, who do that exceptionally well, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and typically they're, you know, leading a large congregation and uh, it just runs like a Rolex. Uh, well, what a gift. And they're uniquely qualified. But having margin in the life of a pastor and, and uh, space, that's always uh, a struggle and a challenge. And uh, And so for you to make that bold choice of um, allowing yourself to be demoted. Uh, (laughs) It winds up opening yourself up to continue to give the gift of your words and your books to, to people who are ministered to. And I love what you said about, you know, checking your, making sure your idea isn't just some personal tangent and actually something that's going to speak to people, but you did compare it to my songwriting and trying out a new song on the audience. And so I've had do you moments do that I do, but I tell you, it's a tough thing to um, when your your whole set list. In fact, the other night, my whole set, I've been fortunate to be around long enough to where mo- almost every song, the crowd's singing back to me. Yeah, and then when I say, uh, "Hey, I want to try a new song out on you," <laughs> you know, I swear I saw a bunch of thumbs down in the second row. Yeah, <laughs> crickets, crickets. It's a, you don't hear anything. I huh? heard uh, there was a classic rock band that was interviewed. I can't remember who it was, but they said, "You know, the funny, the craziest thing happens is anytime we say uh, we want to play a new song." The crowd all suddenly has to go to the bathroom. <laughs> so, That's great. That's great. Let me ask you, do you ever, I mean, some of your songs are, you know, I, I could, everybody could sing them backwards because we love them so much, but we don't sing them every night. You know, I, I, I remember, I remember James Taylor. I just watched a concert uh, on television with him and Carol King. And of course she wrote... You've got a you friend, got a right? Friend. Oh, yeah. yeah. And and he made just kind of an offhand comment. He said, I don't know why my life assignment was to sing this every night. <laughs> and he went like that every night. Of course, the crowd w- wouldn't let him leave without singing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, But you, do you get tired of singing this same? I've heard that, that artists will even get to the point where they'll refuse to play some of their biggest songs. Um, you know, well, we just came through... Uh, the Thanksgiving season, Max, and I have a song called Gobble Gobble that I, I severely <laughs> regret writing. I'll just be, <laughs> because now I've got this army of four-year-olds who can, every show in November showed up with their Gobble Gobble posters. And uh, and so I would joke with the crowd. I said, you know, I got all these songs about Jesus and this audience wants to hear a song about Turkey. What's wrong with you? You know, I will say, I don't think I get tired of singing the ones that people want to hear, because what it strikes me is like, 
it hits me as, you know what? Back to what you said, it's, it wasn't a tangent. The Lord used it. Like, yeah. And when I see the crowd singing or hear them singing a song back to me, it tells me that somehow they've allowed that story or that song, those words to be part of their story and their part soundtrack. Their life, yeah. yeah, and so I've never been one of those who's like, you know, I'm just thankful to have one that they know. Uh, I don't know that I've yeah. really thought too much about being up until the gobble gobble song came along. And then I started questioning all my life's decisions. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. The similarities too, though, like I love that you're, I have to tell you and just accept the compliments, which is probably hard for you to do, but I've, I've listened to you preach multiple times and you're not only a gifted wordsmith, you know, my all-time favorite author, but like when you teach, it's like you're such a gifted speaker and communicator too. And I don't think that's always a given. Like there might be someone who has the gift of putting words on the paper, but when they stand up to address a crowd, that's not their gifting. I love listening to you speak and share. And that's one of the many reasons why I was so excited to have you back on the show too, to talk about your new book, but you've clearly put in your more than 10,000 hours, not just in front of your computer, but, but learning how to speak straight to the hearts of what people are going. And I can tell you this book help is here is not a personal tangent. My friend, I, I think you've probably experienced already the new book that just came out in September. And uh, as we head towards the holidays, I know listeners are going to be picking this up for themselves, for family and friends. I always love to give books to my family and friends for Christmas. And uh, this is one that's getting my full endorsement. Help is here finding fresh strength and purpose in the power of the Holy Spirit. Can you talk about how you've seen, what have people been communicating to you about how this has been a book for right now? Well, uh, the words that work for me to describe this day and age are weary, wounded, and worried. That's, That's just like a preacher, right? Three points, it all starts with the same <laughs> That's letter. That's why I like you. I'm the same way, man. <laughs> uh, but I mean, the pandemic just took it out of us. And and if the pandemic didn't take it out of us, the, the controversies, uh, the racial tension, the political issues, we just, we're just beat up. We're beat up. And pastors are, too. Uh, the number of pastors who are seriously considering resigning is off the charts. It's just terrible. It's really sad. I do think uh, that tapping into supernatural strength, whether you're a pastor, whether you're a you know a politician, whether you're a professor, whatever you do, this is a season that the church, number one, would greatly benefit from getting reacquainted with the Holy Spirit. And then number two, that we can live out that life, live out that that spirit-led life, spirit-empowered life, and discover who he is and what he means. The feedback I've I've gotten so far, Matthew, has been, been really positive and timely. The topic or the teaching of the Holy Spirit is intimidating. You know, it's intimidating to get our heads around who he is because he is so unlike us. <laughs> you know, he is he is not like we are. He is a spirit. And so to get our minds around who he is. And then also there is a, um, there's a bit of a trigger point for some, either depending on what our experience has been. Some people uh, react against the Holy Spirit because of what they were taught, or they kind of go overboard becoming the, you know, the buddy-buddy with the Holy Spirit because of what they believe. And, and so it, it has been a discussion uh, where we've struggled as a church to, to come, you know, in a unified spirit like we would about the cross of Christ or the birth of Jesus. But the teaching about the Holy Spirit has, has not been an easy one for us to get our minds around. And that's why I'm so glad that you, you took it on in a way that only you could. Here's, uh, I'll read your own words back to you. Your Bible makes more than 100 references to the Holy Spirit. Jesus says more about the Spirit than he does about the church, marriage, finances, and the future. Why the emphasis on him? God does not want a bunch of stressed out, worn out, done in, and washed up children representing him in the world. He wants us to be fresher day by day, hour by hour. Man, as we crawl, many of us, 
feel like we're crawling towards the end of the year. Our uh, <laughs> our strengths, our resources. You use the image of whitewater rafting. I can relate to that as I'm getting to the end of this year. But to be reminded that he wants us to be not weaker and more exhausted, but fresher day by day and hour by hour. And I loved what you said about how there's the teaching of the Holy Spirit can can really cause division in the church or scare people off even. And, and you wrote later on, somewhere in between is the healthy saint. He has a childlike heart. She has a high regard for scripture. He is open to fresh strength. There it is again. She is discerning and careful. Both he and she seek to follow the Spirit. They clutch with both hands this final promise of Jesus. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Now they don't even need to read the book. I'm just going to do a reading of your book because it's that good. <laughs> That's great. Your your voice is that great. I'll, I'll listen to it. <laughs> it's time for bedtime stories where I read Max Licato's books. I, I think you're so right about people um, maybe being scared off or falling on extreme sides of the coin. And then the tragic and sad end result could be that we that we fail to seek out our counselor day by day. I can point in my own life just going, why do I feel wearier day by day and moment by moment? It's because day by day and moment by moment, I'm at any given day, I'm forgetful of the helper who is there to guide me through. So let's talk about that a little bit. Just uh, We don't need to talk about the extremes, but why is it so important for us to focus in on why the Bible focuses in on the references to the Holy Spirit. Like, what are we to learn from that, that he's, that the Bible makes more than 100 references to the Holy Spirit? I think um, the fact that Jesus made teaching about the Holy Spirit the primary theme of the Upper Room Discourse on the night before the crucifixion, uh, John 14, 15, and 16, speaks volumes as to the importance of the Holy Spirit. That's where Jesus uh, made statements that may may or may be familiar to many of us, like, uh, unless I go away, he cannot come. He will guide you into all truth. Uh, He will reveal to you things that are to come. The role of the Holy Spirit is to take the form of a teacher and a comforter in our hearts. That passage there in John 14, 15, and 16 is a beautiful, beautiful word, a paraclete, Paraclete is a Greek Greek word. Uh, para to come alongside, cleat to comfort or to assure. Translations call the Holy Spirit different ones, call him the Comforter, uh, the Advocate, the one who comes alongside. But all of those mean essentially that we have a friend, a divine friend, in the presence of the Holy Spirit, and and it all boils down to the promise that when we say yes to Jesus, Jesus says yes to us and deposits the divine friend uh, within ourselves, within us. And and again, this is so mysterious and uh, otherworldly that it causes us to say, wait a second, what does all that mean? And it becomes really a lifelong journey. Nobody has cracked the code on following the Holy Spirit, okay? Nobody has. The Apostle Paul did not. Nobody has cracked the code. The Holy Spirit is so far grander, so mighty, that we are we are a speck of sand. He is the Pacific Ocean. Okay, that's that's how huge he is. And so let's let's kind of disavow ourselves of the fact that somebody somewhere understands everything about the Holy Spirit. All we can do is gaze at him with wonder and welcome him with open hearts and trust him. He wants to lead us even more than we want to be led by him. So he will move in, and he will begin to prompt us, encourage us, and lift our spirits. I think my last little comment on, on this, I mean, not the last. We'll go. I'll talk about whatever you want. But I, I keep going back to the illustration between a husband and a wife. You know, I've been married 40, almost 42 years I understand my wife, Dinalyn, whom you know, far better than I did four decades ago. And it's simply because we've been together so long. She clears her throat and I hear something in that, you know. And so it is with the Holy Spirit. As we walk with him, we begin to sense things that might even be unique just to us. You know, he may speak to Matthew in a way that he does not speak to me uh, because each of us is a temple of the Holy Spirit. 
And so uh, he's going to move in each of us differently. But I just don't want people to freak out. There was one study by Lifeway that said three out of five Christians think the Holy Spirit is an it. And that's unfortunate. And it is just like electrical power surge. Nobody can be good friends with electricity. So let's quit. Let's don't call him an it. Let's acknowledge he is a person and that he is longing to move into our hearts and bring us help and hope. Did you know two-thirds of the world are oral learners? That means that two-thirds of the world, over five billion people learn in ways other than reading. That also means that a large part of the world doesn't have access to the Bible in a format that they can easily understand. Spoken Worldwide is a global ministry whose mission is to bring truth to these oral learners in their heart language through recorded audio, much like this podcast. Through the support of people like you, Spoken Worldwide partners with indigenous leaders in oral communities, training and equipping them to share God's word. Through Bible storytelling and small group discussions, often using MP3 players and micro SD cards, oral learners in the unreached areas of the world are hearing about Christ for the first time and lives are being transformed. This is an incredible way to reach the nations and impact God's kingdom. This holiday season, let's give the gift of truth. Go to www.spoken.org slash west to donate and learn how to connect with Spoken Worldwide. Again, that's www.spoken.org slash west to give truth this Christmas. As a kid and even as an adult, it's easy to feel like we have to be good enough for people to like us. This might affect the way we view God and how he loves us, but scripture is clear. Our salvation is by grace through faith, not by anything we could ever do. If you have trusted in Jesus, God loves you unconditionally. Soak that in. Through the current Talk About series, Grace, you'll help your kids hold fast to this incredible truth. Talk About Family Discipleship subscription from Awana helps you lead your kids through God's Word with your weekly bundle that includes... A simple yet thorough conversation guide to share scripture with your family, weekly hands-on activities to apply God's word to your kids' everyday life, bonus materials including coloring pages, memory verses, parent prep videos, playlists, and more. You have the greatest influence on your children's faith. Don't forget that. Help them walk with Jesus for life with Talk About. Try one free month with promo code WEST on TalkAboutDiscipleship.com. Again, that's promo code WEST on TalkAboutDiscipleship.com. It was hard for me not to be cynical at times as a kid when it came to like moves of the Holy Spirit. I'll tell you one example. Sometimes somebody would speak in tongues, right? So I think sometimes when they think of the Holy, people think of the Holy Spirit, it'd be like, well, what is that? You know what I mean? And um, as a kid, sometimes I get nervous because I would like somebody would speak in tongues, right? Uh, and then there'd be like an interpretation, but like, I would always have one eye open and I would see who was speaking in tongues. And I was like, wait, I know that guy. And I know what he's been up to lately. Or whatever. <laughs> this is horrible. This is, and this story's going nowhere, but I will say <laughs> at one point there was, I remember one vivid moment where, where this guy, and we didn't even, li- we didn't grow up in a very charismatic church. I have this image. It was a Sunday night service. And this guy that was just, he got like, uh, you know, slain in the spirit, Max. And he fell over. But he fell on this sweet elderly woman who was just minding her own business. And she got injured and had to be taken to the hospital. And I remember. Oh, my goodness. Like, that has stuck in my mind as like, this person was misguided in what he was doing. There was no way, like, God, there's no way that was your will for that sweet elderly yeah, woman yeah. to be in harm's way because the Holy Spirit fell on this guy who was wanting to show everybody how spiritual he was. And just in me telling you those stories probably gives you a little insight into why I'm excited about your book because sometimes I think there's, we accumulate stuff, you know? And sometimes you got to press a reset when it comes to, aspects of who God is and his character and how he wants to help you. Like I need this book to kind of hit a reset. And I guess maybe I'm telling those, maybe those 
stories were brought up in my mind as I'm listening to you for a reason, because maybe somebody else out there has had like experiences that they associate with a move of the Holy Spirit and go, boy, I don't know. I don't know what to think. I don't know where to put that, but it's negatively affecting when I think of, you know, the Holy Spirit being my helper. My experience was, I specifically remember being taught everything the Holy Spirit could not do. And uh, our our little church in West Texas, where you have been to my hometown, oh, one yeah. of the few human beings yes, sir, who I've has been. been to my desolate little <laughs> dusty hometown. In the venue that has a sign that says, beware of rattlesnakes. <laughs> and it's no joke. <laughs> they also should have one. Be careful where you step. <laughs> I've, I've never been on stage singing worried about uh, a slithering snake coming around. But anyways, carry on. There is a golf course out there that has a sign that says, rough begins here, because you can't tell the fairway from the rough. <laughs> it's all brown. So I, I just think that's so funny. They had to announce, okay, this is our rough. Like, who cares? It's all the same. It's a top-notch it's, course. West Texas is West Texas. <laughs> yes, it is. Well, okay, so I, I was raised in a, in a little church. God bless them. You know, they taught me about Jesus, but they did not teach me about the Holy Spirit, and I had no clue. All I knew about the Holy Spirit was what the Holy Spirit did not do. And uh, our, our pastors, there's more than one, came through the church. They made it a point of pointing out those weird, you know, Pentecostals right. or Charismatics and, and really making sermons out of those. And so I grew up gun shy, gun shy. Well, of course, we want to be discerning, but it was it, it, it caused me to uh, be absolutely clueless about what to understand about the Holy Spirit, which the Lord ended up using, Matthew, to my advantage because I had a clean slate. Uh, in the book I tell about when I first entered the ministry of our church here in San Antonio, and I burned out. I just fizzled out. I was just exhausted. Three small kids at home, busy at the church, and and I desperately needed strength. And that's when the Holy Spirit uh, began to minister to me in mysterious ways. You know, I, I would I would be at peace when I should not have been at peace. I would have ideas when I should have been confused. The way I used to describe it is the gray sky took on some blueness again over a period of three or four months. And that's when I realized this is the Holy Spirit ministering to me. And, and, and it was very real. And it wasn't brought about by you sitting down and saying and and inviting that to happen. It was happening all around you. Yeah. Now I did sit down and say, Lord, I'm just I'm just toast. I, I couldn't sleep at night. I developed insomnia and I would get up in the middle of the night and sit on our couch in my pajamas and just kind of utter prayers. But no, no, I never did seek out a, a pastor and say, could you, you know, help me receive the Holy Spirit. I, I sought Jesus. I sought strength. I sought God. And only later, what happened is, is that we were studying in the Gospel of John as a church, and we got to John 14, 15, and 16, and I read those words that I just, we discussed just a couple of moments ago, and I said, oh, <laughs> that's the Holy Spirit who has been helping me. I think the Holy Spirit is never self-promoting. His desire is to present Jesus. His assignment is to lead us into truth about Jesus, to reveal Jesus to us. There's a great little book on the Holy Spirit called The Shy Member of the Trinity. It's by Frederick Dale Bruner. It's a great little book. I love that title the shy member of the Trinity, because the, the Holy Spirit wants Jesus to be center stage because Jesus is our Redeemer. Yeah, it is his death, his incarnation that reaches us. It's his death that saves us. It's his resurrection that gives us hope. And so the Holy Spirit comes alongside to, to point to Jesus, uh, to direct us to him. And so it could be that both of the extremes represented by our upbringings are uh, equally problematic. You know, I grew up hearing nothing. You saw a few things that <laughs> were not really appropriate. Right. Both of us, however, will benefit as, as we grow and appreciate the Holy Spirit more. 
one of the scriptures I was thinking about and thinking about your book too is in Romans eight twenty six and 27 that talks about like even the example that you just shared of like you, you know, you were toast and maybe not even sure what to pray. But tell me your thoughts on, on this scripture in Romans 8 where Paul says, in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. What are your thoughts on that idea? Like, Because there's something, when you talk about him being the comforter, that thought comforts me that, like, God, even when I don't know, even when I don't know what I should pray for, because a lot of times that's how I feel. Like, I, I want your will be done at the end of the day is kind of my default prayer because, but sometimes there's just that I'm so weary. I don't even know, I don't even know where to begin. And the thought that the Holy Spirit intercedes. He's our intercessor. He's our advocate. You know, when I lived in South America, uh, Dinalyn and I moved to Brazil in 1983, and we couldn't get our stuff out of customs. Our belongings were all stuck in customs. And and we were, you know, going through expected culture shock anyway, trying to learn a language, trying to adapt to a Brazilian way of life. And, and we couldn't even get our pictures out of a suitcase. I mean, you know, our pots and pans, everything was stuck in customs. And so I went down every day to the customs official and I begged him, I said, please. And my Portuguese was terrible and I was a gringo. I mean, there's nothing about me that made it, you know, impressive to that guy. And it was just stuck. So for six weeks, if I remember correctly, maybe eight, we just couldn't get our stuff out of customs. It was all in a crate sitting on a dock. And Deanlin was sad and she wanted her stuff and I couldn't do anything. Well, this is going somewhere, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so our next door neighbor, as it turns out, was a lawyer. And he, he and his wife came over and introduced themselves to us one day. And we, we brought him into our apartment. There was no furniture. We couldn't sit down. And I explained to him in my halting Portuguese, I said, my stuff is stuck in, in customs. And he just smiled. He said, well, that's my specialty. I said, no, 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 you can't. I've been down there every day. I, you know, I tried to, he said, I got it. So the next day here, I go down with this Brazilian lawyer. We walk in and uh, the my neighbor immediately recognizes the customs official. Goes up, they shake hands, they laugh. He puts his arm around him. They're telling jokes, you know, cutting up. And then finally he motions for me and I go over. He, My neighbor puts his arm around me. I look at the same guy that I've looked at day <laughs> after day after day. Except my neighbor says, da 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 He's talking in Portuguese, explaining the situation. And the guy, the customs official goes, ah, okay. Gives me a sheet of paper. Just like that. Just like that. So he's got my stuff. Now, in a remote sense, my neighbor did for me what the Holy Spirit does all the time. Wow. My neighbor could speak the language. My neighbor knew the situation. My neighbor was unintimidated. My neighbor knew exactly how to manage That's it. That's awesome. How much more? Does the Holy Spirit know exactly what Matthew needs, know exactly how Matthew needs to express it, know exactly what's best, know exactly what the problem is? And the promise of the scripture you read from Romans 8 is that, that the Holy Spirit uh, is our intercessor. He goes to bat for us. So this means you never offer an anemic prayer. It may feel weak to you, but because the Holy Spirit is the one speaking on your behalf, it is always said, in the imp the appropriate and, and the right fashion. This takes the pressure off of us to pray in a way that gets God's attention. And it puts the pressure where it needs to be appropriately uh, on the shoulders of our intercessor, the Holy Spirit, who lives to make intercession for the saints. See, yeah, that's what Jesus does. So the Holy Spirit and and Jesus are both interceding for us. And in the case of the Holy Spirit with groans too deep or profound for words, it's a beautiful, beautiful problem. Man, that's a beautiful story. I mean, that is... Isn't that a great story? I, well, just to put this principle, to put skin on it like that and the color, that is just powerful. Um, uh, bills pile up, saving accounts go down, marriages go south, pandemics rage, work goes off the rails, stress goes off the charts. Suddenly you feel powerless to calm life's chaos. It's all too much to take on by yourself. And this book is the reminder that we don't have to. Help is here. Finding fresh 
strength, and purpose in the power of the Holy Spirit. Max, here we are uh, at the holidays. What did you say earlier? You had the three W's, wounded, weary, and worried. Worried, yeah. For many headed into the holidays, I mean, these things are, you know, only amplified. And especially just feeling it's been a long year. I kind of feel like 2020... You know, remember 2020, Max? <laughs> but it's I like, try to block it. <laughs> but it's like, I, I feel like 2020, everybody's going, man, can't get much worse. And then 2021's like, you know, uh, you ain't seen nothing yet. And then it's just, it, each day brings enough trouble of its own, uh, I think, uh, is the truth. We know that to be the case. And here we are again at another end of the year. But, but really with the holidays and Christmas here, anybody listening to this who's just feeling completely weary, wounded, or worry for any reason. What's your encouragement to that person here this Christmas season? I think, Matthew, that if that person and I were just sharing a cup of coffee, I would want to hear, you know, specifically, what is it that's weighing you down? Problem with worries and, and weariness is that after a time, the cumulative, just the collection of them, weighs us down, and we don't know exactly what our worry is, right? We just know we're worried. We, we just get accustomed to singing a song of sadness and woe. Yeah, I think it helps to say, okay, let's just dig back. Let's see if we can find the source of this sadness or the source of this anxiety. It, can you reduce it down? Can you reduce it down to a sentence? Let's identify it. And, 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 and it is legitimate. You know, maybe maybe there's layoffs at work. Maybe there's downturns in the economy. So exactly what is it? Okay, now that we've identified it, let's do what Paul says. Take every thought captive and submit it to the throne of Christ. And I think that means we go to Jesus and we say, Jesus, I'm worried about my daughter who's about to be, I'm just making something up, right? But a daughter who's about to be a middle schooler and her friend uh, is always sneaking out at night, and I'm afraid that their, yeah. her friend's going to influence my daughter. Can I, let, let's get it right down to something specific and, and say, Jesus, here's my specific anxiety. I, I'm really worried about my, and I know you love my daughter. I love my daughter. Would you? Could I give this to you? And then, Jesus, is there something I can do? And then if we were in a conversation, I would say, let's be quiet for about 60 seconds and let's see if the Holy Spirit says anything. And and he may not, but then again, he might just nudge us to have a good visit with our daughter or or, or to ask her what she thinks or is is talk to her about what she's going through. You know, there there could be some things that, that come to the surface. I know we often say, hey, let's just don't worry. And that's good counsel, but I do think it, it's even better to try to get down to the, you know, the source of it and deal with it. Guys, I want to tell you about the number one Bible for kids. It makes the perfect gift for both girls and boys alike. It's the Adventure Bible, and it's available in five translations, NIV, NIRV, NKJV, NASB, NRSV, and a variety of colorful bindings. Adventure awaits with the number one Bible for kids. The Adventure Bible is recommended by more Christian schools and churches than any other Bible for kids. And the Adventure Bible brand has sold more than 10 million copies. The Adventure Bible features captivating, full-color features and hands-on activities that get kids engaged with God's Word. For more information about Adventure Bible, plus free Bible activities for kids and teaching resources, they're all available at AdventureBible.com. Give the gift that will stay with your child for a lifetime adventurebible.com What you're really getting at is sometimes we're going so fast and we're we just continue down the same path that we don't stop long enough to unpack it and wh- and whether that's with a counselor or your spouse or whatever like really kind of pinpointing it and and allowing God to do some surgery on you too and and just unpacking some things. I mean, there's so much important to that. I, I love what you're saying too about, it's funny that you and I both, you know, have different experiences that we bring into the discussion about the Holy Spirit. 
and I love the thought that anybody listening to this today who's who's coming from any side of the, that coin, either side of that coin, or a totally different type of experience, or just no experience whatsoever, and just has never really been faced with the power of the Holy Spirit and the role of the Holy Spirit, and as you said, the emphasis of the Holy Spirit throughout Scripture. I'm so excited for people to turn these pages, and myself included, and maybe press a reset and uh, and to be reminded where our help really does come from. And uh, and of course, as we're in Christmas season, you know how many times are we going to hear and say and sing the word peace? And ultimately, I love that promise of peace in knowing who our helper really is and the role of the Holy Spirit, even in the conception of Jesus. You know, Mary was enshrouded by the Holy Spirit when when Jesus was placed within her. And that might be a a topic we should rediscover at Christmas. And that's the role of the of the Holy Spirit in bringing Jesus, not just to Mary, uh, but to but to all of our lives. Hey, can I brag on Matthew West for a minute? Uh, I mean, I'm not going to stop you, Max. But uh... <laughs> I, I know, I know, people listen to your podcast already because they love you. But there could be somebody who said, "I want to hear." Oh, Max's, who's that guy interviewing him? Let me tell you, my buddy Matthew and I have traveled together. We've gone on ministry trips together. We have ministered together. We've laughed together. We've cut up together. Uh, this guy is the real deal, folks. He's the real deal. And uh, he's brilliant. He's talented. He's humble. And he, lo- he loves the church. And he's got a beautiful family. I've, I've often thought that, you know, really, a, a te- well, Paul said that, that the test of a, of a pastor is that his family, you, you look at his family and he, this guy's got a family that, uh, and his father, oh my goodness, his father's a Right? Son. Oh, yeah. Max. Thank you, Max. So anybody, if if somehow, I don't know how you would listen to Matthew's podcast and not know who he is, <laughs> but it could be. Hey, he's the real deal. You know, love is music, but love is heart. It's this guy's ministers, and may God bless you, Matthew. Thank for, you, Max. Can I ask you one question? Yeah. Can I call you tomorrow and have you tell me the same thing? <laughs> <laughs> Can you be my daily effort? I'm fragile, Max. I'm fragile. Where, where, where was I, Matthew? And I, and I texted you in the middle of the night, and you were on the Grand Ole Opry. Remember yeah. this? Just like a couple yeah. of months ago. Yeah. I was in a hotel or something. Yeah, yeah I was in a hotel. and Because that's really the only place I just kind of scroll through yeah. TV stations. And there you were. I was so happy. It was so great when you see a friend and, a, and a, a, you know, just a brother doing the good stuff. Thank you. Seriously, you're very kind. And uh, I, I do consider myself so blessed to be able to have one of my heroes, one of the people whose words and faith put into action ha- has impacted my life so much. And I've, I've shared with you over the years just how, I mean, I told you, like my, when my dad first hired me as interim youth pastor at our church in Downers Grove, Illinois, he handed me a stack of Max Licato books and said, uh, spend time reading every day. And I began to devour your books since all the way back back then and continue to do so now. And that's why when Max Licato has a new book out, I know it's not some some tangent. I know it's it's tested, it's tried, it is immersed in the truth of scripture and it's been delivered to your home church already, and it's something that the world needs. So I'm so glad that your ears are always listening for the leaning of the Holy Spirit, and here you are writing a book helping us all to better understand the power of the Holy Spirit and the help that comes from it and the peace uh, this Christmas time and every single day of our lives. So Max, congrats on the new book. And uh, what do you tell me real quick before you go, Christmas time in the Locato house, what does it look like these days? This is going to be a, a absolutely unusual Christmas because, as we mentioned earlier, uh, Travis Eads is now our senior pastor. But even since he's been here, I've preached every Christmas Eve that he's been here. I've preached every Christmas Eve for, I guess, 34 years. This year is his turn. You got demoted again? (laughs) I got demoted. And I said, Travis, and I said to the staff, I said, I have never had a Christmas Eve just with my family, just us, 
And I said, could I have permission not to even offer a prayer, not to even do the welcome at the Christmas wow. Eve service? I'm just going to show up with my wife. I'm going to sit there. I'm going to hold her hand. I've got my three daughters and my grandchildren, and we're going to take up a row there at the church. And that it's is gonna awesome. Be a, it's going to be a delightful day. I've never had that. And so we're really looking forward to it. That's great, Max. I, I, I could tell you from experience, like coming home from Christmas tour and having a Christmas Eve like that where the, the churches have all asked me to sing in Nashville and, I, and I've declined the invitation politely uh, because the Holy Spirit told me to and just enjoying that moment with your family. I mean, people don't understand. I mean, for, for that, that you've... You know, I remember Christmas season in the in the home of a minister was was not always a peaceful season. It was a it's it a was crazy time. A cra- it was the whitewater, if you will, like it's you said earlier. So, what about you? Are, are you going on a, a tour? Do you have any big events yeah, coming? Yeah. Well, we've got this fun weekend in Franklin, Tennessee, where people are coming from around the country to hang out and enjoy what Christmas is like where I live. And that's fun. And then uh, we were doing a handful of Christmas dates. I guess I'm a glutton for punishment, but I'm going to places like Minneapolis and <laughs> and Des Moines, Iowa. Hey, and, there's people in Florida, buddy. There's people in Arizona. I got to tell my agent, like, we got to flip the script here, man. Like, put me, I want to be in Hawaii in December. Oh, and uh, you're funny. No, but then we're, we're home the whole week of Christmas. I'm going to, you know get to shut down and, you know, margin and creating margin and saying no to things. Uh, I think you, you inspire me even here in just kind of the steps you've taken as well. And uh, that's something that speaks to me just at this stage of my life too, just trying to figure out like, okay, I could say yes to a lot of things and be toast by the end of the year, or I could, uh, you know, really lean in. And I will say this too, like seeking God's guidance in our lives, like, when you've got a lot of good things that you could do, it's it's even harder to to say no to things. And uh, it's easy to say no to bad things. It's yeah, hard exactly. to say no to good things. That's exactly right. So um, I'm just I'm glad that you said yes to this thing today, so that we'd have the Me chance too. to talk. And I'm so excited for people to to read the new book, Max. Thank you for doing what you do, for being who you are. Well, love to your family and. Hope to see you again really, really soon. I don't know when we'll cross trails, but I bet it'll be soon. All right, now it's time for songs from the Story House. Today's song from the Story House is a new song that podcast listeners, you're getting a special sneak peek of because this doesn't release until December 2nd. But uh, I'm breaking the rules and I'm going to share it with you early. This is a special song for me. And I'm excited to share the heart behind it with you. Go ahead and take a listen to the first verse and chorus. If today was my last day, call my mom out of the blue. Take the time to say the words I seldom do. I'd leave my suitcase in the closet and tell the world it'll have to wait. Then I take my little girl on an ice cream day. What am I waiting for? It ain't like I'm gonna live forever. I don't wanna miss it anymore. So from now on, it's now or never. I'm gonna hold on to what matters and let the rest slip through my hands. What I would do. What I will do while I can. So uh, back in September, actually, I was receiving an award, the NSAI, the Nashville Songwriter Awards. They presented me with an award that I did not expect to receive, and it was the Songwriter Artist of the Year Award. This was the only, only the second time in 50 years that they gave this award to a Christian artist. Mostly it was a country artist. Taylor Swift's won it a bunch of times, Luke Combs, and so on. And so I definitely felt like a little bit of a fish out of water, but we were at the Ryman Auditorium, and I'm getting this award amongst uh, Taylor Swift, Garth Brooks, all these artists are there. And it was just uh, an incredible experience. Now, I was supposed to be done making my record by that point, 
But there's something that happens when I go to a music industry event like this. Um, they played all these songs, and I sat in the, I think I was in the f- first or second row at the Ryman, and I'm hearing all these incredible songs performed. And sometimes as a musician, I don't know how to explain it, but when you hear these songs, you it makes you want to quit because some of the songs are so well written. But then after it makes you want to quit, it makes you want to get better, right? And so it's been a habit of mine to come home from awards shows like that and actually uh, not rest in the award that I received, but actually feel restless and sit down and go write a song in the story house. That's what I did on September 20th, the night I came home from the NSAI Awards at the Ryman Auditorium. I sat down and wrote this song. The premise is simple and yet meaningful for me. It's what I've been wrestling with in my own life right now, if I'm being honest. Having a lot of great opportunities, a lot of good things happening, adding more and more to my plate, busier than ever. Some days busy to the point of just total exhaustion. And yet wondering, like, if if I knew that today was the only day I had to live, how much of this stuff on my schedule would I cross out and replace with something more meaningful? That's the premise of the song. And so I know the first line being, if today was my last day, it might seem a little depressing, but there's motivation in that, right? And, you know, this theme arises in lots of my songs, you know, just this this feeling of not wanting to miss the things that really matter. And um, I've sung about it a lot. Certain songs that come to mind are the motions. I don't want to spend my whole life asking, what if I had given everything instead of going through the motions? Or uh, how about like, I want to know I got no what ifs, no regrets in the end. Um, And so I just started listing things that I would do. And wouldn't you know it, a lot of the things that came out that I began to list were family related. And you'll hear it in this second verse. Check it out. I bring home baby's favorite flowers Leave my work outside the door And we laugh about how we both forgot We were mad at each other for I'd let go of all my grudges Make the choice to just forgive Spend the rest of my time free all this hate and bitterness. So what am I, I love that idea of laughing about how you forgot what you were mad at each other for. Anybody who's married knows knows that experience, right? Her favorite flowers, by the way, hydrangeas. I love the music video that you're going to get to see for this song. It literally just kind of unpacks. I'm heading out of town and then having second thoughts because I'm thinking these thoughts that I'm putting down in this song. Now, the lines in this third verse, I don't know why, but they're like my favorite lines that I've written in a long time. And I was writing in the story house by myself and the sun was coming up. And that's why you'll, I think you'll understand these lyrics. But if today was my last day and it was almost time to go, I'd pick up that old Bible and I'd put down my phone. I'd watch the steam rise from my coffee and the sunrise in the sky. And I'd thank the Lord for one more chance to try and get it right. This song is a page out of my journal, guys. And I hope it touches your heart as much as it touched mine to write it. Go ahead and listen to the rest of this song and maybe ask yourself today, how would you live your life different if today was your last day? So what am I waiting for? It ain't like I'm gonna live forever. I don't wanna miss it anymore. So from now on, it's now or never. I'm gonna hold on to what matters and let the rest live through my hands. What I would do is what I will do while I can. The song officially releases on December 2nd, so be sure to stream it and check out the music video wherever you watch and listen and uh, share it with somebody who means a lot to you, somebody who you think could be inspired by it. If today was my last day And it was almost time to go I'd pick up that old Bible And 
I'd put down my phone I'd watch the steam rise from my coffee And the sunrise in the sky And I'd thank the Lord for one more chance To try and get it right What am I waiting for? It ain't like I'm gonna live forever I don't wanna miss it anymore So from now on, it's now or never I'm gonna hold on to what matters And let the rest live through my hands What I would do is what I will do while I can What I would do is what I will do while I can He's my dad. He gives good advice. And he's also the reason why there's rarely leftovers after Thanksgiving dinner. Yes, that's right. Play that theme song. He is my dad, and he gives good advice. And that's why this segment is called Dad Advice. All right, Dad, uh, we had a great Thanksgiving, but we still want to be in the mode of um, expressing gratitude, of being mindful of the things that we have to be thankful for, living our lives out of that gratitude. Way easier said than done. But uh, it was a special Thanksgiving. Hope everybody listening to this had a great Thanksgiving. Send us out with some encouragement. Yeah, I, I was thinking of the last part of the word Thanksgiving, and that's giving. And the Bible has a lot to say about giving. Here, Here's a couple scriptures. It says, a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed in Proverbs eleven twenty five, And then in Luke 6, 38, give and it will be given to you a good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap for with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And in these tough times, I think two things are, are just vital, giving thanks and giving giving of our resources that that is God's in a way, uh, just giving to others. And um, I was taught that from a young age uh, through my mom and dad. We have a family of 10 kids, and every Sunday we'd go to church, and they'd put their tithes in, and they would honor God, and they would give. And then they would give to others and to uh, other needs. And our family never went without. Here I am now, just so blessed. My wife and I, at 72 years old, God has never failed us yet. And it's through his giving that we give and the giving of his son. And uh, so I say, Lord, just uh, help me to be thankful and help me to keep giving. And I wanted to thank all the individuals that have responded to giving to give a gobble. And I know they have other needs and they give and they tithe to their church, but they're giving sacrificially the joy of giving. That's a good word. And like we said, Thanksgiving may be behind us, but obviously we're headed towards Christmas. I mean, this is just... These two months of November and December are just powerful and I, I think necessary, essential opportunities for us to give thanks throughout November and December to close the year looking behind us, all the ways that God has blessed us and carried us through. But then also it helps us kind of set our sights as we turn towards the year ahead. Like how can we go down in history as generous people, as giving people, as selfless people? Um, the opposite of those words are not how we want to be identified. And we, we get caught up in our lives and we can lose sight of that. So I'm thankful for that reminder. Thankful for the example that you and mom have set uh, throughout my whole life. And it's led me to always strive to be a generous and giving person. Our ministry is called Pop We. We thank you, all of those who stepped in and, and chose to join us in the Give a Gobble Away campaign, helping to raise money in partnership with Samaritan's Purse. We also are supported monthly by some incredible uh, Pop We partners is what we call them, yeah. our monthly supporters who are keeping our ministry going strong, reaching out to a hurting world and letting them know there is hope, even for the broken chapters of their story. If that sounds like something you want to be a part of, you can find out more at popwe.org today. Thanks, Dad. Thank you. All right, that's our show for today. I want to thank my guest, Max Licato. Be sure to check out his latest book. We will post a link at the official podcast page which is matthewscom slash podcast. Seriously, go pick up that book, all right? I mean, you don't need me to encourage you to do it after you just heard Max share. That's why we need this book. And um, 
I know I, I did. I needed that conversation too. So I'm so thankful for Max and his ministry all these years. And uh, don't just get that book, but go back to all of his greatest hits and uh, read them one by one. Your journey of faith will be greatly enriched by the way God has inspired Max to unpack the truths of Scripture. He is just a gifted wordsmith. So thank you, Max. Uh, Thanks, Dad, as always, for joining me. And thanks to you for listening, guys. You're the best. And uh, look forward to uh, being right back again next week. Until then, remember, it's your story for his glory. I'll see you next week. Seriously, I, I, I do.